Hello and welcome back to Diaries of a Lady Gardener. If you think gardening is cool and would rather take a trip to the garden centre than go out out, you've found the right podcast, but also you're not in the minority. Research from Draper Tools has revealed that over 80% of young people officially think gardening is cool, mainly because of its benefits for mental health and the environment. Draper Tools are proud to be sponsors of the Diaries of a Lady Gardener podcast, so why not join me in following them on Instagram, at Draper underscore tools. In this episode, I chatted with Izzy, otherwise known as just Izzy B, who is known for so many wonderful things, including her greenhouse of dreams and her £50 caravan renovation project. After a year-long wait for an allotment, avidly growing veg in her back garden, the entirety of Instagram was absolutely buzzing the day Izzy's dreams came true, myself included. Judging by the length of this episode alone, it's safe to say we had plenty to talk about, so I really hope you enjoy. It's definitely a good one. Izzy, welcome to the podcast. Hiya, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I apologise for my appearance, even though it's uh, an audio, luckily, so no one else actually has to see me, but I do still have hedge in my hair from hedge today. <laughs> um, I'm in a similar state yeah, with a lot of sand in my hair from the beach clean earlier. <laughs> I love that. Let's just pretend we're looking super glamorous and no one has to know. We're ready for a night out on the town. Yeah. No, no. We're getting ready for going to a garden centre instead of going out, out. Oh, yeah, of course. Forgot what podcast we're on. <laughs> I know. I listen to that um, intro bit all the time. I literally know it word for word now. I feel like <laughs> I'm massively fangirling being here. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to have you. Um, that intro takes me two or three times to record every single week because it makes me laugh so much every time. <laughs> I really I thought you just used the same recording do you actually have to say it every time yeah because I'm not enough of a podcast pro to figure out how I can make the audio sound the same the whole way through so I have to re-record it so that the audio balances out a little bit more that's fair enough yeah that makes sense everyone's gonna know what a fraud podcaster I am after this episode oh no you can cut it out cut it out (laughs) no it's fine authentic isn't it yeah, there you go. Real behind the scenes insight. I'm just a gardener. I don't know anything about podcasting. <laughs> You're never just a gardener. Don't, <laughs> don't sit down. Well, I'm not properly a gardener. I'm just a hobby gardener. But you, you are a proper gardener now because of your new job. I know I'm an official real gardener. Like, it's still weird to say, but super cool. I really, really love it. How did you get into this job and tell us all about it? Um, well, I actually had been thinking about making the switch for a while, but um, like many people, my old job um, turned into like a working from home uh, situation for kind of over a year, actually. Um, and we have a little cottage, so we're not really set up for working from home. So I didn't really have an office. Uh, I had a tiny desk, which was our dining table. And it just, it wasn't fun. And then I was just kind of staring longingly out the window at my mess of a garden and then my greenhouse, which I just finished. And I just wanted to be in it like all the time. And I was like, how can I have a job when I'm like in in a garden? I was was thinking about making the switch for a while, but 
you you kind of have to weigh up like you're starting from the beginning really aren't you um especially if you've only had like hobby experience and stuff so I didn't have any qualifications or anything um and just just like my allotment and my garden so um I I wanted to enroll in the RHS um like inspired by you because I mean it looked great and I was like (laughs) I need to do this and then it'll give me like a better insight into everything and um like a better rounded view of like gardening and what I like um but that was in the September and then I handed my notice in in like August no uh July I think and um, my mum sent me this job and I thought I'd go for it and I I went there for the interview and it was just like amazing like the gardens were like kind of like going into like a national trust property you know when you walk in you're like wow I wonder who like looks after these gardens and it was just so beautiful and I just thought like imagine this being your office like I couldn't believe like that people got to work there kind of thing and the head gardener was like yeah like we we never kind of look at our day-to-day and think oh I wish I was in an office like it is a really nice place to work so yeah he kind of sold it to me straight away and I was like why haven't I done this sooner but um no I absolutely love it and I, I think I'm like three months in now and yeah still really loving it. It does sound so amazing and I think that 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 feeling of like imagine that your work was an incredible garden every single day and I, it must be amazing as well to have the support of so many other people who you can learn from and you probably teach them loads of stuff as well because you've come at it from a completely different like you you haven't come from another similar garden and you're kind of like bringing your skills from there you've come from like more of like a hobby gardener kind of point of view so it must be amazing yeah I mean well there's uh two vegetable gardeners and then there's me and the head gardener who do the rest of the gardens and um in my interview I was like obviously my heart is like with vegetable gardening and stuff but like I knew the position wasn't for that um but I was really like keen to to learn about stuff that I didn't know and obviously like with veg gardening you learn like new things year on year I don't feel like you ever know it all never um but yeah exactly (laughs) but um with with the rest of the garden like flowers and shrubs and trees and everything that I had no idea about like I really just was keen to learn um but then I also get to like look at the girls doing the veg garden and at lunch I'm like what did you plant today and they're like oh planted our garlic I'm like okay I'll go home and then I'll plant my garlic and I'm just like oh what varieties are you using and basically just copying them down to a tea because they're just vegetable gurus and um yeah they're just full of like great and useful information and it's so nice to like chat with people with similar interests and stuff like in your lunch break as well as like on Instagram with your friends um, who also do like veggie stuff. So it's just so nice. I just love it. Oh, it sounds so wholesome. <laughs> it really is. Like I haven't, I'm, I'm actually worried that I haven't worked like a proper rainy day. So I'm super hoping that it's like just as lovely in the rain. And um, we had, we had like one rainy day and I survived. It was fine. But I did learn like my waterproofs were just not, waterproof whatsoever um so that was like day one need to invest in good waterproofs yeah and then my boss was like I've never actually found a waterproof that is waterproof so <laughs> I feel like just soaked regardless because I guess waterproofs are made for like maybe an hour two hours in the rain or something but here you're like you would be in it all day if it's raining all day so it's got to be some pretty tough waterproofs to get through that I think yeah, I guess you acclimatise over time to like 
you probably just get a bit more used to being like cold and wet through the winter and then like enjoy the summer even more because you're like oh it's lovely and dry <laughs> yeah exactly I mean I wore shorts like right up until I think a couple of weeks ago and it's just because it was chilly in the morning yeah when you got there but then you literally start work straight away and you're because you're constantly moving you get so hot and it's like whipping off all these layers and like I couldn't imagine kind of being in like a bobble hat in well even this month really like it's just you get so hot so I'm hoping because we're constantly moving we probably won't get too chilly but you never know I might talk to you next year and be like the winter is the worst <laughs> <laughs> I am um, at the allotment I think the the winter is the best time to get those kind of jobs done because you're not you like you get to like a bit hot but you don't ever get to like too hot you're not overheating it's kind of like a good temperature because you're kind of like keeping busy and then you can still get loads done last winter I enjoyed so much what in in you loved the winter more than the summer last year I 100% loved the winter more than the summer the summer was I had a terrible time I nearly quit the allotment like I was just uh-huh. not enjoying it and then the winter came and I found like a new lease of life for like we like redid the fence and we were having loads of fires down there and like just getting so much like productive work done and cleared so much stuff that you would never have time to do in the summer because you've got so many plants to look after and so many other things that need to be done whereas in the winter there's less seedlings to care for and you have less like distractions so it's just a case of cracking on and then if you sit down for too long you get a bit too cold so you have to keep on cracking on (laughs) yeah that's so true actually and I forgot like you have the dreamiest fire pit so of course winter isn't bad at your plot and then you can I guess in the rain like hide in your shed whereas we're not allowed like stuff like that at our allotments it's so weird we you can't have any sheds or anything so it's just kind of to grow flowers and veg so it's a it's not as enjoyable in the winter. <laughs> oh, that is a shame. Um, I always think that the allotment rules are a bit random um, because like every plot is slightly different. Like we're not a council allotment, so we're not allowed to have chickens. But I know that like for council al- allotments, it's like a law that they have to let you keep chickens. Yes. Um, but then all the other ones have like random rules. Like we're not allowed to have any glass on the allotment. So I couldn't have like a glass greenhouse, which is I'm guessing why the person who built my shed built like a shed greenhouse with like those polythene like wavy plastic bits on that's okay good way to get around it yeah yeah wow no um yeah ours is really odd no no sheds or anything so I had to dig down a bucket stick it in the ground and then put a compost bin over the top so I could fit in like all my spades and forks and stuff so I didn't have to carry them down every time so I've got like a secret compost bin tool shed thing and it's like um kind of like Mary Poppins bag like I open up and then this giant rake like keeps on coming and people are staring at me like where is she getting that from and then I'll like lean in with my feet sticking out the top and like bring out like a packet of seeds or something that's right at the bottom and I don't even know if I leave and then they go snoop in there like I'm sure I would if I saw someone do that (laughs) I would and this is actually on my list to ask you about though because it's just such a good idea when I had my first plot I didn't have a shed Uh, And I didn't have anything to store tools in, which is why my car became a shed. Um, And then I was just like driving around everywhere with like all of these tools. And I was like, someone's going to break into my car one day and like try and steal all these like secondhand rubbish tools. Then you had like quite like aggressive things like a saw and like dangerous things. And I was like, 
it's probably not very safe to be driving around with this kind of stuff. Like I just had nightmares <laughs> of like people, you know, when people break into cars in the films and they're always sat in the pass in the back seat and you get in the car and you oh see them in the God. mirror. I just had visions of someone being there with like my saw. <laughs> oh my God, that's horrific. <laughs> God, yeah. No, I uh I I never kind of carried them around in my car because I made the mistake when I first got the apartment of taking everything in my I got a little Fiat and it's got white interiors god knows why I decided to get a car with white interiors um and then put like the muddiest wheelbarrow in it and it was like centimeters away from the ceiling and I was like I just need a van like I really need a van um but yeah since then I've tried not to put tools in it because they just stay there for months don't they like they don't come out so <laughs> never they never come out no. And you think like you, I think as a gardener, like, like I know a couple of people that are very minimalist with their tools, but I think you just accrue a lot of stuff over the years. Like my shed is full of tools. And then when they break, I don't know what to do with them. Like I've got three broken rakes, but where do you, where do you throw those away? <laughs> well, if you threw them away, you couldn't make like one full rake, could you? So I'm not, no, I'm like you. I keep a lot of um, a lot of useless tools. Tools I don't even know what they do. Like my mum went on Gumtree and she was like, oh, there was this old boy that died and he's got a whole collection of tools that they're just giving away. And I was like, oh, he loved gardening. Like we can't let them go to waste. So I take home all these tools and I look at them. I'm like, what, you, what does that do? Like, is it a gardening tool? And it's got like mud on it. And I'm like, one day I'll use that. And it just sits there. And just because I don't have the heart to throw it away because someone loved it but I have absolutely no idea what half them do I've got about four or five tools that people have given me or bought me over the years like a few of them are things that my mum's bought from like B&Q when they have like a really good sale and it was like oh it's only 99p yeah but what is it I'm not really sure because the label's gone I think that's why it was cheap <laughs> and then you're like looking at these <laughs> tools like what could that possibly be for like what I think one of them's a lawn edger, but it's not a lawn edger like the lawn edger I already had. But it's like a rolly thing, but it's rubbish. It doesn't do a lot. Oh no! Oh, that's gutting. My mum mm. got a really cool um, like lawn mower off. Uh, I think it's off Gumtree or Facebook Marketplace, and it it uh, it doesn't need plugging in or anything. It just has like a roller blade, and it's so cool. And I was like, I've never seen one of those like brand new for sale. And like, it's something that someone's had like rusting in their shed for years, but it's so cool. It's perfect if you don't have like electricity at the plot or something. Definitely, I've actually got one. It's really good. It's a proper workout to use it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd rather leave that to her, maybe not for my plot, but I'm like, that's great that you bought it. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy. <laughs> yeah. But no, I had, I had so many tools that I just wasn't gonna lug down to the plot. And then my auntie was like, why didn't you just like make a secret shed? And I was like, I don't get what you mean. And then she explained like, dig down, put a compost bin on, then you got your, your tool shed. Talking of useless tools, uh, the soil blocker. Sometimes I like to donate my useless tools that I've accrued over the years <laughs> to other people who wish now, to try I, them. I actually, so I was so excited for this because I was like, I've seen so many people successfully use it. And I thought, I'll give it a go. Like, I don't have loads of those seed trays, so it makes loads of sense. And then um, I couldn't get the consistency right. So I, like, Googled loads of different... It was, like, mud recipes for soil blockers. And then um, so many people said you needed so many stuff that I didn't have. And I was like, look, how hard can it be? I'll just, like, get some compost, make it a bit damp. Um, 
And then I added, is it Koya? Koya? How do you say it? I call it Koya. But I don't think that that's right. I think it is Koya. I've <laughs> never heard that. Oh, that is a very high-end way of saying it. Um, well, I use some of that. I just mix that in. And um, it actually held all right. Like, I was really quite like chuffed with how it, I mean it had taken me like days and weeks and I was like I must do this successfully like she's really kindly sent it to me I need to do it properly so um and then I put onion sets in it and it actually they actually did all right so I think I might do some of those this year like I haven't given up fully so is that what you wanted to hit <laughs> That is fantastic news. I'm really happy that it's working. It might work out for you. I've listened to so many episodes of the Let's Grow Girls podcast this year where they've talked yeah. about how they've had their successes with soil blocks. And some of them say you need to use the smaller ones and you only get success with the smaller ones. Some people say that the one that we had was the only way to get success. Yeah. But I just, I tried so many times and I just couldn't, I could not figure out how, like it's such high maintenance. I felt like, if, if it was like in my back garden maybe it'd be okay but like once they've dried out yeah. there's no coming back from it because they never absorb the water again and so they're just like solid lumps of clay I know I feel like there's an art to it that maybe we just haven't got yet but yeah. when I get to that point and I just determine that I will I will just share all my wisdom and let you know thank you I can't wait for that day and then you'll be like, can you send them back? <laughs> like, no, no, it's mine now. No, you, you keep it. And to be fair, I did nearly get convinced into ordering the smaller soil blocker. So the one that's like, I think it's like 20. Um, and they're like, little, oh, yeah. like one centimetre cubes. Um, and someone, I, I wish I could remember the names of people, but I am terrible. Someone from the Let's Grow, Grow Girls podcast, absolutely brilliant podcast. If anyone's not listened, it's all about growing cut flowers. It's amazing. Um, but they grew like literally thousands. I'm sure that they grew like 100,000 seedlings or something. And every single one of them were in soil blocks. And they even did sweet peas. Blew my mind. Wow. Really? In the, so the tiny weeny ones? Yeah. Wow. And she said the trick okay. is, the trick is that you sow them... Like, say you're sowing in the spring, you sow, like, three or four weeks before you plan to plant it out. So they go straight into the ground. They don't get potted up or anything. Um, and that she said that that's how it works oh. for her. Sounds too strict on the that time for me. Good. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, less faffing with potting on, though. That sounds all right. Yeah. Wow. Did they use, like, a special um, mixture, like, mud recipe thing? she did mention it I didn't I was in the car at the time but I thought I need to go back and listen to this and write it down so I will go back and yeah. find the podcast and find the section and I'll, I'll share it so that everyone can get the I wisdom mean, I have stolen from the other podcast <laughs> I have a lot of time to listen to podcasts so I I need that like when I binge yours and then I it, it ends because you do one a week I'm like I need more Shannon give me more episodes <laughs> I have too many hours in the day to listen so that is going straight on my list I feel that about so many podcasts, but the Let's Grow Girl podcast, mentioning it for the third or fourth time, um, <laughs> that she has like, they have, um, it's Nicola and Sarah, they have like five or six seasons maybe. So if you've not listened to it, I was literally listening to like six or seven hours a day <laughs> to get through. And then when it ended, I was like, oh my God, yeah. what do I listen to now? What do I do with all my free time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we have free time with a little 
but you play it in the background while you're at the plot or like I just play it in the car on my drive to the plot and my drive to and from work so that plants are always in my consciousness I love that do you have like a radio at your in your shed that you're not on? I don't I just have my phone and if I ever remember I have a little speaker that I if I can remember to charge it I take it into the shed and then sometimes I'll put it in my little dungarees pocket and I take the take it around while I'm doing jobs <laughs> I love that see I at work I have my like they're just apple headphones and um, I need to get some wireless ones because the other day I leaned forward and I just dipped them straight in the watering can I was like oh my god and it's like the third time I've done it now so I, they're still working but one day I'm gonna like sn- uh, snip them with my secateurs or something like I can just see it now yeah, I used to wear these, I don't know when else to see, but these um, Big Beats headphones that I've got on. I wore them all last winter and a lot of people said that they were a bit sad that I wasn't listening to the sound of the birds while I was at the allotment. <laughs> but um, the plug wow. comes out and so every time I went to do something, I'd rip the plug out and it got really annoying. So I bought some Aww. cheap, cheap like AirPod ripoffs for like 20 quid. <laughs> And they changed my life. Uh, they cracked and like the sound went awful after about two weeks. But they oh. they would they were so helpful with having no cable that I still use them, but one of them no longer works. So I only have one that works, but I still have that, and that's what I use at the allotment. <laughs> you don't have AirPods, you have AirPod singular. <laughs> yeah. A singular rip off AirPod. <laughs> An AirPod. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely need, I need to invest in them. I need wireless headphones and good waterproofs and then I'm all set. <laughs> definitely. I feel like um, the headphones actually make a big difference to like keeping me motivated to like crack on at the allotment. Because sometimes I stand still for a minute and then I lose all motivation and I have to go home. Whereas I find if I've got a podcast in another great podcast, which is not gardening related, Shag Married Annoyed, but I can't play it out loud because it's quite rude at times. <laughs> No, I, I binged like all of their episodes. We used to listen to it whenever we like went on weekends away and they were like more than an hour car journey. So we'd like mm. get two or three done. And then um, we stopped listening to it because we stopped going on weekends away during COVID. So then we had like a year's worth to catch up on. Um, and I, I said to my boyfriend, I was like, look, we're not going to be able to get through the backlog so I need to listen to something at work so I'm gonna listen to them all so I was doing like eight hours of their podcast a day um <laughs> and we're actually gonna go on their tour to see them so I was like I need to catch up with it so I need to be up to date and then I'm just like in the rose bed like giggling to some really inappropriate stuff and I'm like if my headphones fall out now I'm not gonna pass my probation because this is just not PG the stuff they're talking about so that is my worst nightmare that that's yeah I don't listen to it around people anymore <laughs> I had it on the other day at the allotment out loud and then I heard a oh just knock on the shed door there and there was um one of my allotment neighbors with her little um I can't think what relation granddaughter <laughs> with her little granddaughter and I was like oh god I hope that they have not heard what I'm listening to because it's absolutely filth I think they probably would have gone to knock and then gone this isn't the right time no <laughs> no I know it's, it's so funny but yeah it's not the kind of thing you can listen to out loud is it no but um it's, it is it is a very funny podcast I do think like start starting from the beginning the beginning is way funnier than the most recent episodes but it is hilarious the whole way yeah 
I feel like we're just plugging loads of other podcasts. This isn't what this podcast episode should be about. This is like a one giant advert, isn't it? Are we getting paid by now? Um, we'll see. We'll see if we can get a little afterwards sponsorship. Yes, let's mes- message them, shall we? <laughs> like, hi guys. Just so you know, we spoke about your podcast for about an hour. Don't know if you <laughs> want to pay us for that promo or a tenner our way or something <laughs> 50p would be ideal yeah anything <laughs> anyway going back to allotment chat um yes. your allotment weight was probably one of the most memorable things that I think has ever happened on Instagram I remember the day that you oh. got your allotment and like I think a few I think quite a lot of us probably cried for you because it was just the happiest moment oh. we've been on that journey with you <laughs> Oh, I honestly felt like you all had, like it was, I can't even remember when I decided I wanted an allotment, but when I did, I basically went on Instagram and just typed in like hashtag allotment and then just followed like everyone who just had this dream allotment, you included. And I was just so sad that I I couldn't have one yet. And I know it's a giant privilege to be able to like be on the waiting list and everything. Some people's waiting lists are just like 15 years, someone told me. Like that is insane. Um, and I didn't know how long our waiting list was, but um, I just kept going down to the plots because they're walking distance from my house and just longingly like staring at people's plot. And there's this one man who like still to this day um, says like, look how far you've come from like stalking our plots and now you're here. <laughs> I'm like, I know. And I used to go down all the time and they'd be like, have you heard anything yet? And I was like, not yet, no. And then um, we'd have a good little like uh, little bitching session about people who aren't using their plots and <laughs> how they think that they should have to give them up and give them to me. And yeah, it was it was great. But I kind of got into the little allotment community, which was nice before we even had a plot. Um, and that made me want it even more. And then, um, yeah, and then I got an email one day, um, the day before my birthday, actually, and then uh, we went to go see it on my birthday and um, it was just so overgrown. But like, you don't see that when, when you're just so happy to have it. I was like, this is the most beautiful patch of weeds I've ever seen. Um, and uh, we actually originally thought it was gonna be like a half plot. And, um, and then they were like, oh, we actually have to do an allotment survey, which still to this day, I have no idea what they did or what an allotment survey consists of. But it took a month and nothing changed. So I had an allotment that I was allowed to look at, but I wasn't allowed to touch it, which what? let me tell you, is just torture. So I still go down to the plot, but just stare at this one plot that I was like, I think this is mine, but I'm not allowed to like, like I could see like carrots and courgette that were just like decomposing. And I was like, I could eat those and they're not even mine yet. Um, but yeah, no, she she wouldn't let me go on it. And then uh, that I... They gave me like the all clear like a month later and they're like yeah you can have it but we're actually only going to give you half of this one um, because we've already rented out the other one um so I actually got like a quarter of a plot and I was like oh. but then I was just so happy to be able to like have it um that yeah it was actually probably the perfect size to start with I think your kind of eyes are um I was gonna say your eyes are bigger than your belly that's not the uh the saying what's the saying where you think you can take on more than you probably can I think but, that is um, it isn't it yeah. your eyes are bigger than your belly 
maybe in food terms what's it in allotment terms your your trousers bigger than your speed or something <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um but yeah no it, it she turned out to be perfect um but the lady next to me was like oh i'm new to all this and i don't know if i'll enjoy it and stuff and i was like fingers crossed you don't and then i can have your plot next year and she actually did really bloody well like i'm hats off to her she did so good um like what looks way nicer than my plot does half the time um but still part of me is like maybe she didn't enjoy it and will I give it up and like renewal time is coming up at the end of this month so I don't know I'm gonna leave it up to fate like a quarter of a plot is plenty for me um for now but I definitely would wouldn't say no if they offered me the next door <laughs> plot oh fingers crossed yeah. for you I feel your pain yeah. though what size what I have so my first one was a half plot and I was really lucky it was a brand new patch so I started from like properly from scratch uh I just had grass um which is exciting (gasps) and then I wanted the plot next to mine and I knew that they'd given it up and I asked the allotment man if I could have it and he said literally yesterday someone else said they would have it and I was like no um so I didn't get the one that I wanted but then he said oh there's another full plot that's just about to come up at the end of October um so I had two plots until from October till December but my new plot was a full plot with the amazing shed already on it and it was really really overgrown because the last person all they'd done was they'd built the raised beds and they'd built the shed and they'd maybe grown some pumpkins but they hadn't done anything with it so they just left it and so it was like, like the shed isn't newly built. It's built from like loads of other old sheds, but it was brilliant. Love and that. there was so yeah. much potential. It just had been like left to ruin a little bit. So it was quite nice. It wasn't a fresh start from a patch of grass and it doesn't, I don't, I love this plot, but my first plot was so symmetrical and like perfectly planned because I started from scratch. Whereas this one, I had to like work with someone else's plans. And I always look at it and I'm like, it's not very symmetrical. It doesn't fit with the <laughs> rules of the RHS landscaping. <laughs> oh God, yeah. What is symmetrical in gardening though, to be honest? Like you yeah. can try and do the neatest rows and then you think you've done it and then they all germinate and you're looking like, how did I think that was straight? Like, was I drunk when I sewed them? Like, it's all just like veering off. Mm. And I think you have to go with the wonkiness of gardening, don't you? <laughs> Definitely, my new flower bed. I when I first did it I took all the raised beds down and I like evened out all the soil and then I put the raised bed kind of border things back but as I'm not explaining this very well imagine that they're planks I used planks to create the edge of the bed and I was right. like oh that looks brilliant and then the other day I was walking to someone else's plot and I looked down the side and was like it starts off at about a meter wide and ends off at about two meters wide and there was me thinking it was like perfectly even and it is absolutely not it's more oh, like no. I love that though I feel like if it's if it's wonky on one part of your plot you just have to say that everything else is now in keeping with that so you just have to go with the wonky measurements for now on definitely it matches my shed door anyway because that doesn't sink doesn't hang straight but I was so proud that we'd made the shed door that I was like it doesn't matter that it's about an inch too small and that it hangs on a wonk (laughs) I love that I was so impressed with that that was so cool 
Thank you. It has fallen apart three times. Um, it's not, not the best constructed thing you've ever seen, but it looks pretty. Maybe see it's like a three-part stable door and all bits are meant to kind of come off at different times. Yeah, I actually never... There was me when I built it. I was like, it must be a stable door. I must have a stable door. I'm going to use it so often. I'm going to be like sat there, like leaning over with my cup of tea in hand, like looking out over the plot. I think I've maybe once opened that stable door. <laughs> well, it's a nice idea. <laughs> yeah, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> Well, exactly. With with your old plot, I just can't imagine this, probably because this is my first plot, but how can you put in that much effort and then give it all up? Like, surely that is just heartbreaking, right? It really was. And I did cry about it a couple of times and I thought that I'd made the wrong decision. But on my current plot, I just didn't have enough space to do what I needed to do. And I really, really, really was desperate for a shed. And Mm -hmm. there wouldn't have been anywhere to have put a shed. And then there was just so many things. And I was like, if I do this for another year and I still want more space, then I've like had another year of like establishing things on this plot before I have to like uproot it all. Because like in my first year, I didn't think I'd like it. I thought that it would be a bit of a fad because I got it as a Christmas present. And so where I would have loved to have planted like asparagus crowns and fruit trees and everything that takes a few years to establish, I was like, I probably won't be here in a year, so I'm not going to do that. And then now I'm kicking myself being like, oh, if I'd have planted that all then, I would have the crops this year. <laughs> Don't think of that at all. But you you said you got it for Christmas. And I was thinking about this because you, when you got it, you weren't like interested in gardening really, were you? No. So that is a rogue Christmas present. A very, very brave choice, right? To buy something for someone that they don't like. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, it's we- like buying a for someone it's a commitment it is and if you knew the person who bought it (laughs) it's just very a very him thing to do like what would they possibly (laughs) love but possibly also hate um but it like it was really thoughtful in a way because I do think that's a really thoughtful gift and we'd walked past those allotments so many times and I joked about how wholesome it, that's why I say in every podcast, I joked about how wholesome it would be if we grew our own vegetables and everything. <laughs> and then I'd considered getting one for my mum for Christmas. And then I decided that it was a silly idea because she would never have the time to go down because she didn't live like around the corner like I did. And um, so when I did get it for Christmas, I was a bit like, oh, thank you. That, that's so cool. <laughs> and I got these like really beautiful allotment books and apparently the man in the bookshop had like recommended them as like the best sellers, like it's allotment month by month. And I can't remember what the other one is, but they're both absolutely brilliant book. books. Yeah. Like absolute yeah. Bibles. I read them every night for like the first year that I was allotmenting. Um, but yeah, it was a very, very present. I got that and guess what I got with it? A robotic hoover, you know, one of those like rumor things that goes around the house. <laughs> like what random gifts. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They were saying clean more, but also get outside more. <laughs> yeah, probably stay outside so you don't make so much mess in the house. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That was the hidden message, wasn't it? Mm. But how amazing though, because that is like kind of shaped like your your evenings your weekends and everything basically for the foreseeable future and like you've now got a podcast out of it like how crazy is that yeah to be fair I I feel like I owe that allotment a lot like there's a lot of things I think I would have really struggled through and 
like different bits and pieces had I have not had the allotment but I think it keeps me quite I, I'd like to say well balanced but my close friends and family know that I still have my little outbursts every now and then but I think I would have a lot more of them if I like didn't have that like pure passion like you know people have like real passions in life I'd never really had one like some people just love CrossFit or they love knitting or like I've always liked baking but it was never like I love baking but I feel yeah. like this is the first thing I've really had like a proper like I don't think I could love anything more other than my my sister's babies obviously <laughs> no I completely agree like I I used to kind of have this fear that like I was like what am I gonna do when I'm older and then I was like when do I get to the point where I am like older like when do you stop guessing what you're gonna do and then the more I spoke to people the more they were like everyone's just winging it like everyone's going with the flow and I was like I don't I don't want to do that like I want I want to like go down a path like I didn't necessarily have like a career in mind that I wanted and then yeah then kind of got into gardening and everything um probably like four five years ago well four years ago actually when we when we got our house and we got our garden um and then like I was like how have I never done this sooner like I don't I feel like I've wasted all those years but actually I probably wouldn't have had the same like interest back then and wouldn't have had the same time and stuff like that so I do feel like it's kind of the perfect time but no it's the kind of thing where you you can't really get enough of it can you like I I garden eight to four thirty during the day then I get home I do more gardening then on the weekend uh, I learn about gardening at college and then I go to my allotment and do some gardening like my friends are like how like do you not get bored and I was like no like it's that's everything I want to do like if I got bored then I just wouldn't do any of those things but <laughs> I just can't get enough of it uh, I feel the exact same and I do think as well it's one of those things you don't ever get bored of it sometimes I'm not quite in the mood for it but it's not because I'm bored of it but have you ever met a gardener or someone who works in like the outdoors environment like I know a few tree surgeons what I'm thinking of tree surgeons and gardeners um, but none of them ever get to 30 or 40 and go oh I'm gonna have a big career change like people stick with it forever and they always love it whereas like any yeah. other job people like a lot of people at some point in their career go it's not for me anymore I'm gonna have a change of heart actually a lot of people from my exams uh in June that I met at, after the exams they were all 40 to 50 year old people who had worked in big office jobs like finance or tech and stuff who had all decided in COVID that it was finally time to make a big career change and they'd all decided to become like landscape gardeners or garden designers and or wow. like something along those paths and I was like you don't ever get it the other way around. No that's so true and I feel like um, my course is the same like there's a huge mix of ages and they kind of went around on day one and they were like what are you like it doesn't matter why you're doing this course but just out of interest like what what are you doing this for and a couple of people were like oh just hobby like they were kind of 50 plus and then and there were others that were like um maybe thinking about career change kind of want to like dabble in it and I couldn't believe like how many people were thinking of like a career change and stuff and I I remember when I was like having my quarter life crisis and I was like to my brother I don't know what career I want to do like I don't get how do people know about like a career and he was kind of like careers are really kind of old school if you think about it like unless you like go to school and uni and whatever and like want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or whatever um it's so hard to like have this massive end 
end goal and just for everything in your life to like work towards that and then when you don't have that you you kind of brand yourself as like lost and stuff but actually it's so normal to kind of go from job to job and that's fine like you you're learning like completely different areas but like yeah it, it's just so odd to think like a few maybe years ago I was like I don't know what I want to do and now I'm like I just want to garden all day like and that's what I'm doing it's great fun (laughs) that's so amazing though and I do think it's that thing you like you jump from job to job and you kind of like fall into things like I fell into marketing when I was like 20 and then here I am and my career looks like that will probably continue in marketing but it's not like a oh my god I just love it (laughs) I would rather be in the garden (laughs) you never know what could come from that and like what doors will open and and especially like when you start to bring your outside interests into work, like you have, like you've got like that work garden, people at work are asking you like how to grow things and stuff. And if the opportunity ever came up for something to do with, I don't know, flowers or plants, they'd be like, Shannon, <laughs> Shannon, we need to go and get Shannon. So yeah, you never know. I mean, it's always worth kind of merging your hobby and your job and see what comes of it. Definitely. And I think with with like gardening, growing, like plants in general, it's one of those things that like as soon as people like get a little bit of a taste for it, they just love it. Like even people who are like, I just can't grow anything. I hate like I don't I don't love plants. Like once you get them out in the garden or like sowing seeds or doing something, they're like, oh, actually, mm, this is quite nice. It's quite therapeutic, actually. Um, The work garden has been been massive for that of like. I was bullying people into helping out with it because I joked about making a work garden and then I got given the go-ahead and was a bit like oh right I hadn't expected you to say yes <laughs> and then so I was like oh, no now I have to work my lunch break yeah I was like someone's gonna have to dig this with me because I can't do it on my own <laughs> but um, oh, everyone actually got really into it and it, it did look great this year and next year we've got bigger plans and better plans and I think it'll be another level and then it's kind of like it's nice to have that like our little project has introduced like plants and gardening into a few other people's lives or even sometimes I think it's that understanding of like like from the beach clean today like a lot of it was about connecting with the actual environment and not just learning about plastic and picking up plastic off the beach but you're kind of learning about like why plastic is there how it's got there how it's affecting the sea how it's affecting the sand how it's affecting the wildlife and I think it's kind of the same with gardening where you have that kind of like it's not just about growing a plant or like growing something to eat it it's about kind of like understanding what's going on beneath the soil and like sort of like connecting with something that we've become so disconnected from because we just buy everything in plastic bags in the supermarket yeah it's all I think it is all about like knock-on effect and and like something down the line, someone's going to find something that relates to them or um, that they can kind of connect with and then go, oh, yeah, actually, I do see how that like affects the end goal. Like with um, slugs, when people like put down all these slug pellets and I, I kind of approach it from different angles, depending on who it is. But I'm like, do you like hedgehogs and birds? And they're like, yeah, I love them. But I just hate slugs. And I'm like, you know, the slugs that you're poisoning the birds and the hedgehogs are eating them and they're like oh my god like I never thought of that and I'm like you don't really though do you like it's not your fault like they don't brand it as like bird and hedgehog hedgehog killers do they because he's gonna buy that but like if they consume enough of it and and everything it, it's just going into that kind of 
life cycle system and it's everything does have a knock-on effect like even putting like carpet on on an allotment like that's such a old school thing to do and that's what I've been told to do so many times and then at my mum's allotment someone put carpet down and like it is impossible to get up it's just like completely degraded but they don't think of like 10 years down the line like what that carpet's going to do because everyone just thinks of the like now and I think it's becoming a lot more popular to to actually think of the consequences your decisions have and you especially see that in growing because you have to be so patient and you like plan like already now we're like planning for next summer aren't we so like you really have to think like what you do now is going to affect like your soil for the next year or whatever so like now is the time to feed it and stuff so yeah I think everything has a knock-on effect but you kind of especially see that I think when you're going through like plant life cycles and stuff and yeah you get to see it all the way through definitely I would say in the last year as well I've learned so much about soil like from when I had um, Becky from so much more on the podcast and she sort of like introduced the topic of soil science and then I've learned about it from like there's like a Netflix um film which I talked about on another podcast called Kiss the Earth where you learn loads about soil degradation and I'm listening to an audiobook at the minute I put it up on Instagram the other day called Wilding and it's all about how they wilded this area and how they kind of like improved the soil and suddenly all of this wildlife was like flocking to the area and they couldn't really believe what was happening but you just don't no one talks about soil degradation and like the like massive effects that fertilizer has in that if you start applying fertilizer then the, the soil gets lazy and then you have to apply more fertilizer yeah. the next year to get the same results and more and more and more. Whereas actually, if you just like look after it a little bit with like things like no dig, you can just see the benefits like right in front of you and you're not having to intervene as much. It's almost like lazy gardening, but it's actually better for everyone. Like it's such an interesting topic and um, I'm almost like shocked that it's not something that's kind of like more widely taught about or like people just aren't really educated on it like as a I'm in my like third year of being an allotmentier and I've only just learned about it crazy isn't it but then like I I kind of think I get a bit shocked I'm like how how didn't I know this before and how didn't I know this but actually unless unless you're in the kind of area of like plants and stuff like that like that's where your interests lie like why would why would you want to learn about soil science in your free time and stuff? Whereas like, because it's becoming, it's like I said, everything's like interconnected and because um, everyone's looking to kind of uh, care for the environment, like as much as they can. It's so interesting to think that people who think they're doing good by, by feeding their plants with certain things are actually like, it's so sad that they're actually probably doing more damage to their garden and, and those plants like they're going to be like next year why aren't they as good as they were in the first year and, and because like you say they create rope for their own back that they have to then keep applying that feed and, and whatnot that it's so interesting to basically go back to how it was before and think like how did roses grow if humans weren't around to feed them like that's so bizarre that we're like we have to feed things to make them flower or whatever but actually like nature works without us we're just like here to enjoy it yeah. so I'm kind of all for the just leaving it and going going with the flow like I've um I recently got this um compost uh like food waste caddy and it um has a little tap on it and you can get like all the liquid out from your food waste and that's meant to be really good to like dilute it 
And I was thinking about it and I was like, actually, that's stuff I would have put in my compost bin anyway and then used on my garden. This is just like a neat version of it that I'm like diluting. And I'm excited to see what that kind of stuff does like to apply directly because I guess the disadvantage of like using some of your own compost is that you get all these unwanted seeds of like tomatoes and peppers coming up seeds that you you buy from the shop you can never grow successfully <laughs> and they just come up where you just don't want them like it always happens doesn't it but I'm super interested to see like does that make a difference and I like kind of experimenting so like doing it on one and not the other and then I don't know see see if I get these mammoth tomatoes or something who knows definitely I'm is it called Bokashi I really really want to try yeah. it I, like it's on my like to-do list yes it's so cool I've used it for a couple of weeks now and it's amazing how much you can fit in and um we we basically well I'm a veggie but my boyfriend's not but we go through like an insane amount of vegetables um just to kind of like bulk out meals and stuff and so yeah, a lot of, of like vegetable peelings and stuff goes in it. So we were so excited to have like a big caddy in our um, kitchen because we're forever like going out to the compost and that's the last thing you want to do in the rain. So yeah, I'm really excited to see like how it goes. And it's meant to be called like liquid gold, like the stuff that comes out and you can use it on like your house plants and stuff. And I'm, oh my God, I'm, I listened to your um, episode with, who was it? Uh, Rob, is it Rob from Hutch Houseplants? Yes. Yes. Um, and he, he was saying about feeding your houseplants. And I was sat there, I was like, oh my God, I can't remember the last time I fed my houseplants. Like, how are they still alive? So <laughs> um, I think they'll also be super thankful next summer for me to actually give them some nutrients because, my God, I don't know how they got through it. <laughs> like you say, it makes so much sense because it is kind of what you're creating anyway. But I, yeah. I don't know if you've, um, you're at this part in the RHS level two, but. I was revising with my sister like bef just before my last exams for it might have been plant health new well, I can't remember exactly which one but it was all about um like organic and inorganic fertilizers and it came oh, up in okay. the exam and I knew it was going to come up in the exam and it also had about um chemical herbicides and organic herbicides and then like oh, like other controls you can use like physical controls and biological controls but my sister when she was quizzing me on all the questions when we were revising was like why do you not know anything about inorganic fertilizer and like <laughs> basically like insecticides and herbicides and I was like I just don't agree with them I don't think that the RHS <laughs> should be teaching that it's actually still okay to put these chemicals on your soil which are causing so many problems and have caused so many problems up to this point like I'm hoping that that is what they change in the syllabus because I was like I'm having to learn the names and compounds of chemicals that I would absolutely not use on my allotment because I like it's just not we're not at that point anymore like people know yeah. better and um she was laughing at me but I was just like I I'm just, I was just so shocked that and in the exams all of the questions were about the inorganic and even like some of the organic like fertilizers and stuff that are probably like not the best to use but they it almost felt like they were celebrating the sort of like off the shelf like name a brand that sells an inorganic fertilizer and I was like can I not just tell you all about the amazing organic fertilizers and like mulches and different things that you can use like without damaging anything <laughs> oh I know I god I'm dreading that model no we haven't come up to that yet but no I can imagine 
involved in the conversations that we'll not be having in the people who are keen to gardening like yeah there's people who still do it and stuff but i i just think they need to educate people more about it because not not like like you say celebrate that um people are using it it just seems crazy in my um practical we did um double digging and i was like what is what is double digging we had we basically spent like two two sessions digging over this plot and i was just like this is so backwards because i i have done my allotment all no dig and i was like i don't know how to do this but i also don't want to know how to do this and i, I was that person sticking at my hand like what about no dig like what about the benefits of this and this and they were just after a while like just shut up you just have to learn this I'm sorry like my um my tutor he was so nice he was like yeah I don't agree with it and like uh, I asked him about the sprays and stuff and he said um yeah like I, I don't like that we have to teach it but um like they are changing the syllabus and stuff like you said so I am hoping that um it, it does kind of modernize it a bit but he also was like I guess it's nice for people to know that um if you have to use them for a job sometimes it's out of your control like you, you don't necessarily get to choose what you use and what you don't but if you're not working in like an organic garden then he said I'd rather you know how to use these chemicals because it can be more dangerous if you don't which I do get but I also don't want people to think like that's a go-to option and I, I guess they probably wouldn't people are a bit more clued up on stuff nowadays but it's just it's still not good to hear is it <laughs> Yeah, and I think there's so much that is brilliant about the RHS song too. Like, I, I did yeah. really enjoy it. I've learned so much. Like, it definitely gave me what I needed in terms of, like, I just, I didn't have any, like, background understanding other than, like, my plant is growing. I couldn't tell you anything about deficiencies. I couldn't tell you about what was happening under the soil. And now, I don't know, I'm not, like, a scientist or anything, but I feel like I can give a rough, a rough breakdown of what's going on down there. <laughs> but um, that yeah, was the I one thing that. that I was shocked at. I can't I actually can't wait for the soil science module I think that's the one like I'm super excited about because I I wasn't interested in all this when I was learning like biology at school and I feel like it was so wasted on me like think of all the knowledge I could have now of like plants and stuff and we were we were labeling a um diagram of plants and I was like damn it I've literally seen this so many times at school and I can't label a plant and now I'm like I really want to learn like what is this what is this and yeah, it's so funny how it's kind of come back full circle. Um, but at least I'm choosing to learn about it now. <laughs> Definitely. I was absolutely cracking up at having to relearn about photosynthesis. And I was like, I, I must have learned this at school. I was like, but I couldn't tell you the chemical, the, like the equation for photosynthesis. And then when I was trying to relearn it, my sister did like science at A-level. And she was like, obviously the equation is blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I was never interested in this before. Like I probably learned it to write in an exam and then I never remembered it again. <laughs> yeah, that's it with school, isn't it? You learn to answer the question, but uh, yeah, it doesn't necessarily stick in your head. But then I find that with this, uh, with my practical, we have to learn 10 plants every week. And every time we get a new batch of plants, we've done our tests for the last week, they all just go straight out my head. And then I'm on to the next 10 and I'm like, how am I ever going to remember? Like, I think I'm on week six now. So I've learned 60 plants and I couldn't tell you week one's plants. So that's going to be a very fun revision session. I would say that that was, that was what I found hardest is like learning all the Latin names, everything. And then on my final day before my June exams, 
I rang my mum was like do you want to go to the garden centre she was like shouldn't you be revising I was like I feel like it's really going to help if I'm walking around the garden centre and pointing out the plants that I know and then reading the labels of the ones I don't and it did it <laughs> it's actually lot. really useful yeah that's such a good tip I can claim that as a revision trip can't I now 100% but I also find that the way I remember the Latin names I have to associate them with stuff so like we had Napita Catmint and all I could think of was my Uncle Peter. So I call I call it now Uncle Napita. And sometimes it just comes out and I'm like, no, I wait, that's my that's my inside <laughs> head name. <laughs> that's not what I say out loud. <laughs> I feel like I pronounce them all wrong as well. But um there's some that you like I do the exact same with the associations. There's one that's called Anemone Coronaria. And obviously after Corona, <laughs> I was like, I'm never gonna forget that. <laughs> I was like, it's that is stupid and <laughs> I love that. No, associating it definitely helps. But um, sometimes I have to associate it with stuff like it sounds like. And a lot of them have like root sounding names. So then I have, I'm trying to write this really like uh, uh, complicated Latin name with all my classmates around me and all I can think about is all these like rude words that we've associated with and I'm trying not to laugh and it's I feel like I'm going to be like that in the exam but it whatever gets me through (laughs) absolutely and you'll be laughing about it at the end and then you'll tell people and they'll laugh and they'll always remember that as well slight side note some of them I don't want to say out loud yeah I was at the gym yesterday um and the man said to me so you have to do the squat and then you're holding for two seconds. So you count it as like one one thousandth, two months of one thousandth. And I was like, oh, I was always taught to count monkeys when I was at school. So I do one monkey, two monkeys. Is that OK? And he was like, all I'm going to think about now, every time you squat is you sat there going one monkey, two monkey. <laughs> and he's like, whatever works you like very very short seconds. I'd rather go for a monkey than like one Mississippi or something. 100% I don't know what's more accurate but I was like I've always done monkeys I can't change that now I'm 26 <laughs> don't teach me new stuff I have enough <laughs> new stuff in my head literally there's no room for that new thing no, it's full of latin plant names nothing else can fit in yeah I think I forgot I still got a few post-it notes up around my flat that have some latin names on but I have forgotten a lot of them which is sad will you be doing uh, you did one of the theories, right? Yeah, I did both of them. So I've got like... The oh, full... you did both theories. Did... Will you be doing a practical as well? No, that's the bit that I haven't done. So mine's like the certificate in the principles of horticulture. But I think that if you yeah. do the practical as well, you get the diploma. But I won't have the diploma. Yeah. There's no way that I can do the practical round here without having to like quit a day of my job. <laughs> Oh no, that's gutting. But I guess though, probably at this point, you you know everything that the practical would offer anyway, really. Possibly. I mean, I'm sure it would still be really interesting. If I if I could do it, I definitely would. Maybe like one day in the future, I'll have the opportunity. People keep asking if I'm going to do the level three, but I'm in like an RHS study group on Yum. Facebook, and the level three people just seem like another like it seems like doing like a master's degree in plants. I oh, really. Oh, I'm hoping you do it ahead of me so I can just ask you all the questions again. <laughs> <laughs> I am tempted. Ask me again in January. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, go on, do it for the both of us. <laughs> and then I'll be like, 
Izzy, it's not worth it. Don't put yourself through it. Save yourself while you still can. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to um, less Latin names, uh, yes. I feel like we have to talk about your greenhouse renovation. I would like to talk about the caravan re- renovation as well, but I feel like we'll have to do another podcast to talk about that one. Um, your greenhouse, fifty oh, pounds. Yeah. It looks like uh, the queen of all greenhouses. I absolutely adore it, and still to this day, I think it's one of my favourite things I've ever done. It's just, I mean, I try not to think of the amount of time it took to actually complete, like the unnecessary time as well. Like I could have just whacked it up and and be done with it, but. I really wanted one of those classic like green lovely dark green greenhouses and they were way out my budget but um I actually never intended to buy it new anyway so I was always searching um online for secondhand ones and um I had alerts turned on everywhere um I didn't even have the space ready for it like I don't know why this didn't occur to me but I was like I just need a greenhouse and then I'll figure everything out behind that um so on on the 1st of January, so it's New Year's Day, so cold, we went to undo this greenhouse um, in someone's garden and they they were shielding actually. So they were like locked in their house. And they were like waving out the window and then I like put the money through the cat flap and they were like, good luck. <laughs> I was like, great, thanks. Like, what do you mean? Then when we had a look at greenhouse bolts and my God, that should be like a puzzle in itself. They are just mind boggling just to try and like, get it undone um with icy cold hands and like really fat gloves on as well it just wasn't ideal um but yeah my dad came with us and um he has like one of those toolboxes where it just has like all these tools that uh you never knew you needed until like you find the perfect moment um yeah so we managed to get it all undone and um then uh, for some reason uh because it was so cold i just um I put it in the corner of the garden and then kind of forgot about it. Then we started to um, level off the ground where it was going to be. And by that point, it rained loads because it was like January, February. And all the markings for the joints had like rubbed off because I did them in Sharpie. I thought I was really organised, being like A goes to A. And then I put like horizontal or vertical or whatever. And I really had the system down and then half of it all rubbed off. So we, we basically started from scratch again. Um, again, like in the rain and cold, it just seemed to never get warm at that point in the year. Um, and then I was like, well, I obviously need to paint it before I can put glass in because it's not complete unless it's green. I need a really green greenhouse. Um, and that just took just the longest time. Like my poor neighbours, they were coming back from work like in the dark and it had a street lamp over it. So I'd be there like painting by street light. And just shivering they're like still going and one of my neighbors she saw it in the daylight she was like it definitely looks more green keep it up and I was like oh thanks so much that's the aim <laughs> um it just took forever to paint but no I absolutely love it like I, I love it probably because it took me so long that like I feel so invested in it that I have to love it but no I do it's just my favorite place to be it was a real labor of love but in my head that greenhouse took you maybe like an hour because the reel makes it look like it was like the easiest job in the world and like you just waved a magic wand and it was perfect <laughs> I did like a ask me anything about the greenhouse question thing and someone was like how long did it actually take like from start to finish and I was like ask me anything but that. Like, <laughs> so many better things I think like all in total it was like four months or something ridiculous but 
uh, it definitely does not need to take that long. It's just because of how I wanted to do it. And basically I wanted to make everything inside it and I wanted everything to be secondhand. So yeah, it was, I just had to like wait for the perfect things to come up on Gumtree and stuff, but I love it. It is amazing. It was worth the wait. Um, it's basically yeah. the inspiration behind my shed renovation, which I keep talking about. And I think people keep being like, you're not actually getting anywhere. You're just like taking out the rubbish that has been in there for the last year. And you're like, shed renovation project, shed renovation project. But you're not actually <laughs> renovating anything. You've literally just cleaned it. Um, but there will be no, some I actual upgrades that. eventually. <laughs> no, I'm so excited for this because everything you've done so far at your allotments has been insane like your swing seat like that just blew my mind like why has no one done that before that is just genius like I love that I absolutely love it I think I saw it on Pinterest I think I had the picture saved from when I first had an allotment and then after the fire, was it after the fire pit someone was like what's your next next project then and then I was like I think we need to make a swing seat I was like I bought the I bought this wood yeah, this wood's in my car and I'm going to bring it to the allotment and we're going to make this swing seat. I've ordered some rope, climbing rope off Amazon. But I actually had a brainwave this weekend. Would love to get your thoughts. Uh, so currently it's like a pallet seat, um, which is fine. Yeah. But because of where it is, you can't really swing on it because it hits the fence. So you can maybe swing like 10 centimetres. I think that's what that's what no one actually knows because there's, there's never any videos of us swinging just... on it. You just sit. <laughs> was a non-swinging <laughs> it can go side to side you it's just a really unstable bench then really isn't it <laughs> basically yeah the um actually it is very stable but um what I'm oh. thinking of doing is you know in all those I feel like you must have a picture of one like a, a a swing that hangs off a tree and it's just got like the two single like ropes and then it's on like a plank and you sit on the plank I feel like the secret oh, yeah. garden film has yeah. one. I'm thinking of changing it into that, moving it out slightly so you can actually swing without hitting the fence. Um, and I just think that, that would be that would be really cute. That would get a lot of use out of the, the little twinnies, wouldn't it? Yeah, because I think everyone's a bit scared to get on it because it's quite a big seat and there is quite a lot of nails in it. <laughs> you can't see it in the pictures, but it's a it's an old palette. <laughs> You're really ruining this lovely, majestic vision I have of this glorious swing seat. You're like, no, nah, it just sways in the wind. It's all those nails poking out. <laughs> the Instagram no, versus reality. <laughs> yeah, I love that. No, I think like any any uh, DIY projects, there's a certain angle you can take things from and then you just don't get any closer than that. <laughs> yeah, I think basically everything every DIY project I've ever done there is one major flaw in all of them I just don't really talk about it that much and then one day I reveal it and someone's like ha 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 I thought this was perfect and I was like ha 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 <laughs> yeah in my head it is perfect but it's got a massive flaw <laughs> like when no, I shed, when that shed door the bottom fell off I was <laughs> devastated but I knew it was always gonna happen because it was like glued on with like cheap wood glue <laughs> Oh no, I think that's that's uh, the important thing though about Instagram is um, like I I didn't want to tell people like ta-da, here's my secondhand greenhouse and it's perfect. Like that's why I did so much of a like documenting the journey because it took ages, but it took ages because I I knew what I wanted and yeah, it like I think I painted it like three times because the paints didn't work or I chose the wrong. Like, I think I you spray on half of it and it just 
spraying in the wind is completely ridiculous but it's the kind of thing you don't really think of until you do it but um no I think that's the the joy of Instagram is that you can share the journey and the behind the scenes and um yeah so then it makes it more achievable for people because someone might be making that swing scene be like but mine has loads of nails and and I've done it too close to the fence you could be like no <laughs> now they know yeah I am gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do a proper video of it this weekend and everyone will see how <laughs> I mean it is also quite uneven because someone refused to measure it when they were nailing it together um which I'm still a little bit cross about if you're listening <laughs> um, you know who you are but you've got to love the flaws as well um, one yeah. other incredible DIY project that you had last year was the gingerbread greenhouse of dreams. Will that be making a return for 2021? Oh Probably took about you as long as the greenhouse. I, I mean, yeah, it definitely did. I made it after Christmas, so I feel like I missed the boat with all the festivities. But someone, as soon as I got the um, caravan, someone messaged me. They're like, when are you going to make it out gingerbread? And I was like you're here to stay aren't you <laughs> I love that um but no I didn't even think about doing it this year I have to don't I is it going to become a yearly thing like I don't know definitely you, you have to make the caravan of dreams out of gingerbread <laughs> shall I do, shall I make whatever DIY project I'm working on out of gingerbread that year that could really escalate and I'm sure the caravan will be a few years so <laughs> there might be some repeat gingerbread making <laughs> I love it so much I feel like we're going to make this a thing. Because also, yeah. your your baking skills will improve each year and you'll learn new skills. And so you, you'll have like a through the years journey of how your gingerbread house skills have improved. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they definitely need to improve. That was just so higgledy-piggledy. Like, I'm really surprised it stayed up. So it, it looked quite well, actually. It looked amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, no, this year's going to be better. It's got to be better. Everything like everything in my kitchen was sticky after that and my boyfriend's like can I make dinner I was like no you can't because the little tomatoes need to harden and he was like I don't understand what's going on like you have seedlings all over the floor you have like gingerbread seedlings like I can't live in this like bless him he puts up with a lot but look what we got we got a gingerbread greenhouse out of it <laughs> it was worth it worth it and um, I know that we could go on for another couple of hours but I'm quite conscious that this is going to be a hell of a long episode. <laughs> so a few final <laughs> questions to wrap up and then I'll have to get you back next season so we can do the rest of the questions that are on my list. <laughs> but, we can carry on, yeah. Um, what would you say was your biggest garden fail of this year? Because we all have them. Oh, you know what? I knew you were going to ask me something like this and I said to my boyfriend, because it's usually what's your plant nemesis, right? That is that another that is, question? That is another question, me? yeah. You can answer that one first, so if you like. Oh, I was like, Jack, what's my plant ne nemesis? And he was naming all these things, and I was like, I actually grew that well this year, and he actually made me feel like worse. I was like, no, <laughs> that's not the answer. Um, but then my plant, uh, plant fail. God, there's been so many. I mean, he liked to point out that I can't grow sweet corn, but actually that's because I left it in its pots for like two months more than it should have been. And I had it down the allotment, like I had really good intentions. It was there, but it was just in its pot. Um, and obviously like super pot bound. And then I planted them out. I don't know what I thought would happen. Like it miraculously would catch up two months growth. I'm not, I'm not sure anyway. So they didn't grow. And he's like, you can't grow sweet corn, can you? I was like, no, no, 
I can grow sweet corn, I'm sure. I'll just I just didn't plant it out. So that was a massive fail. But I mean, there was a lot of things that didn't get planted out. Things like I, I grew, I cared for, I potted on like several times. Then they just went straight in the compost because I mean, I just, I left them. I just have this weird like bit where I just neglect plants towards the end. Like when it all gets really exciting, I think I get overwhelmed and then forget that I've actually got hundreds of plants that need to go out. I am um, the exact same. So happened to me a lot this year <laughs> it's sad isn't it yeah although I said to someone they were like oh won't you be gutted if like none of your plants grew and I was like well I actually love I mean <laughs> thanks but I actually love the um the process of like being in the greenhouse or the shed like potting up in the rain and just seeing things grow like the first few things grow is just like I I mean I said this this is a bold statement so don't quote me on this but I said even if nothing worked this year, I don't think I'd be sad because I really enjoyed it. <laughs> that is absolute uh, nonsense because I would have been gutted. But no, I did. I like. I think I love the process more than mm. harvesting. Uh, do I? Um, maybe I'm going back on that. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I know. do. I do love the process more than the harvesting. I am yeah. terrible at harvesting. There is currently a wheelbarrow full of beetroot that I pulled up on Friday last week. And it has been absolutely soaked in rain and it's probably gone mouldy by now. And I harvested it all and was like, I'll take it to mum's for her to pickle it because I'm terrible at harvesting produce at the right time. And then you have to eat it super quick because it's like a day away from going mouldy. I've got a whole thing in my kitchen because I didn't harvest them all year. And it really stresses me because I'm like, (laughs) you have a window to harvest things. And then the window is gone. And I never, ever, ever managed to harvest in the window. Whereas sowing seeds... When they come out, I get really excited. I've just done a video today oh. on my stories about like the seedlings that have come up since I last visited, and that's the best bit for me. I saw that your sweet peas are up. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's um so weird because I have a wheelbarrow outside my house right now, and it's got like three courgettes in, and full of rain, so they're just three floating courgettes that I I worked months to grow. Probably yeah. the last ones I'm gonna get. And it's just, that's probably where they'll stay for a few weeks as well. I'm glad we're both in the same boat there. <laughs> yeah, good. We're revealing all of our dark secrets. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've got actually a quite a big confession to make and I was going to do it on on the grid, but I'm going to do it, going to do it now. Because you guys are exclusive. <laughs> I said this to my sister the other day and I think I've been thinking it for quite a long time, but... I don't actually love sweet peas. Like, I know that the TP is my thing. Oh, we need a dramatic pause. What? <laughs> when did you find this out? I think this year, because I do, like, I do love the TP and I love the way the TP looks, but it really makes me sneeze. And I don't have hay fever or allergies or anything, but the sweet peas just give me like constant sneezes. So I can't take them home because they just make oh. me sneeze. Um, and I think this year I kept trying to harvest bunches because they looked beautiful but because I couldn't take them home they were just going to waste and it just made me a bit sad and then I was like I can't even stand in the TP or sit in the TP for that long because it makes me sneeze so much and then anytime I did try and put them in boots other people that's why it's gone is that why you wear sunglasses in your TP pictures because you're like eyes are streaming and you're sneezing yeah because I look like I'm crying sometimes (laughs) 
you know what you could try i mean it's not as glamorous but it could still look beautiful is a bean teepee yeah that is a good shout they do have i mean it might look a bit weird with all the beans on i don't know or it would it look cool i think it, i did peas in my sweet pea teepee the first year and they grew really well better than they've ever oh. grown since so I, I definitely will do another TP for next year. I just don't think that the sweet peas are going to go in. I think the sweet peas are going to go in a wall in some corner of the allotment where I far, doing... far away. Yeah, so I can enjoy the look of them. But I also find when you put them in bouquets, all the petals fall off anyway. Like I know loads of people say they're really great cut flowers, but I just don't agree. So yeah, I don't love sweet peas, even though I pretend that they're my favourite. I feel like a fraud. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I was looking forward to yours um, next year because weren't you going to do an ombre one? I'm thinking I might do an ombre wall. Yeah, that looked great. Will you go bottom mm. to top or left to right? Like, how are you going to do it? Mm. Probably like left to right. I just I haven't figured out exactly where yet. But my sister's growing the yeah. sweet peas on her balcony, and so I've got loads of time. I just the mice are going to yeah. eat them if I bring them to the greenhouse, so they're going to have to stay there forever, really. <laughs> I've just had a genius idea. You could, because I was thinking, like, how could you do them left to right? And then I was thinking you could, like, train them along the bottom of the wall or whatever. You could do, like, a rainbow arch. <gasps> oh, my how God. How cool would that be? That would be amazing. Rainbow. Yeah. I'm going to try that it. That would be pretty cool. That would be amazing. Yes. Sneezy rainbow. <laughs> yeah, but on a wall, I don't think it would be so bad because the problem with the teepee is that it's like contained. So like I sit in there with the babies and I'm like <laughs> it's like a breathe. Prison. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it and I think it's lovely. And like because I I made it for them that first year. So yeah. What well, well, is definitely sweet pea rainbow is probably gonna happen. And then yes. the bean teepee. I did plant some willow for a willow teepee, but when I saw it today, it was looking a bit sad and I'm a little bit worried about it. Oh, no. Hopefully it makes a comeback. Maybe. Um, but on that, what is your favourite favorite flower to grow? <gasps> I knew you were going to ask me this as well and I panicked because I didn't know what to, <laughs> what to answer. But I love, at the moment, this might change, but I absolutely love like cottage gardens. Same. Um, and so any kind of like lupins or foxgloves or anything I just absolutely adore but mine didn't last that long this year like I, I was staring probably because I was staring at it like every time I went in the garden I was like oh my god I'm just enjoying this so much and it was probably like weeks and weeks but actually it just felt like a few days and then suddenly it went bad and I was like oh <laughs> but I just think they're so glorious and I love like how tall flock foxgloves grow because they kind of add like a different dimension to your garden because a lot of like things are like ground cover and you look down to look at them whereas actually like looking up and look at some flowers and stuff I just love that actually yeah I'm gonna throw some flowers in the mix I love those you too um I have never really grown the cottage garden type flowers that you're mentioning but I'm obsessed with hollyhocks since the rose press garden put them in the seed subscription oh and my, my first set got eaten by mice but I've sewn a second set way 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 too late I don't know if they're going to work out but they have germinated and so I'm absolutely desperate for Ooh. some little like puffy double hollyhock. I think they're called like charter Aww. rose pink ones. Yeah, those look amazing. I've got mm. some of those. I honestly can't wait. They've they've come up, but I'm at the stage where I put them all in one big pot because I didn't have seed trays. And then um, 
I now need to separate them all and like pick them all out but who knows when I'm gonna do that <laughs> don't have any time yeah but, um, that's what I get my mum down for I'm like oh mum there's loads of seedlings that are just calling out for you and she loves it she, she likes putting on. up yeah yeah I remember you said that on a podcast my mum yeah. does not well does she I don't know I think she would think it was funny if like she mixed a few seeds with other ones and oh. then like She'd be chuckling when I'm like, Mum, why, why does this look really different? So I don't know if I would let her loose in my greenhouse. I'm quite, I'm quite strict. I do. I should get on with other stuff, but I find myself a lot of the time just watching what she's doing. And I'm like, um, that's not the same variety, Mum. You can't plant that in the same tray. <laughs> don't be doing that. I was trying to um, do some gardening with my nephew. And he, at the time, he was about two and a half. And uh, we were sowing peas and things. And I was saying, put one in each hole. And he was going, oh, fill the hole. And he poured the whole packets of seed. And then before I had a chance to like, grab some out, he just went, cover them over and <laughs> put loads of compost on. And so we just had to leave it. And actually, some of them worked, some of them didn't. But it, I don't know how you do gardening with the twins. Like it, it was quite stressful. I just wanted them all to be in one separate hole. But you can't do that with kids, can you? Well, we did it with the sunflowers and I've talked about this in the podcast because I'm very repetitive with my stories, but the babies were so good and they were putting one in each hole and I was so proud. And then they take the whole tin into oh. that, into that tray and into a pot. And actually they all germinated and because they kept them in the greenhouse, they were the only ones that didn't get eaten by my, so actually all of my sunflowers this year were grown by the babies when they tipped that entire tin into the pots and I had to very gently tease the roots apart. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, that they are they are really good though. They are getting they're getting more and more into it. And like they love to dig. Like yeah. I planted tulips, tulips and daffodils and muscari with Noah while Finn was sleeping on the swing yeah. seat. And like I would dig the hole, he would put the tulip in pointy side up, and then he'd cover oh. it over and then he'd move on to the next one and he'd be like, put it in, cover it over, next one. <laughs> and it was so cute like teaching them about the plants is like my favorite thing like Noah loves the loofers and he goes it's a nufa it's Noah's nufa oh my god that's so cute I feel like they're 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 like we're on the same level of like we both love plants that much (laughs) yes excellent you're like you can stay here (laughs) my brother's um my brother's had twins and uh, he's like not massively into gardening, but I managed to drag him around a garden centre not too long ago and then fill up his patio a bit with a few potted plants and things. But I'm hoping his twins are going to be like, let's go to Auntie Zazie's and go to the allotment. Yes. And then I can like show them everything and I, just, I can't wait. But I feel like they're much, just my luck. They'll be like, I hate plants. No, they'll <laughs> love it. I think if you get them into it young enough, the babies have been coming to the teepee since they were allowed out of the hospital with their oxygen tanks. So they, they've been like diehard from the one. beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yes, excellent. But Tanya <laughs> says that all they talk about is me and the allotment. So that is all I ever want to hear in my life. And they always want to come oh, to That's cool. You, you're officially a cool auntie then, I guess. Yeah, 100%. The coolest. <laughs> nice well it has been an absolute pleasure chatting um we're gonna have to wrap this up now unfortunately oh do we have to you don't really have to but (laughs) 
this might be like a two-hour special. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been wonderful. And uh, we'll definitely yeah. get you on again. Yes, it's been so good. I uh, yeah, definitely want to chat to you at some point about RHS and cry to you about how hard some of it is. <laughs> <laughs> but that's for another day. That That's the next season. <laughs> yes, definitely, yeah. Thanks so much for having me on though. It's been great fun. Thanks for coming on. And um, before you go, where can people find you on Instagram? Um, on Instagram, I'm just Izzy B. Um, and that's basically it. I don't have any other channels. Well, you are absolutely fabulous to follow. So definitely recommend everyone. Aww. Heads over. Thank you. And I'll speak to you again <laughs> soon. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. I absolutely love chatting to Izzy. She's been one of my favourite accounts for such a long time now and I'm so pleased that she agreed to come on the podcast. We'll definitely be scheduling another Zoom or in real life meetup soon as I still have 101 things to ask her. Don't forget to head over and follow her on Instagram for her absolutely gorgeous adventures at Just Izzy B. You won't regret it. If you've enjoyed listening today, please do subscribe to keep up to date with upcoming episodes and leave a review. In the meantime, I would love to hear any of your questions and stories on Instagram at Diary of a Lady Gardener or via email diaryofaladygardener at gmail.com. That's all from me this week. Happy growing!